folks. Welcome to the East Texas News Roundup. I'm Valerie Riddell, and I'm here with the guys, Chris Edwards from hey. the Tyler County Booster, and south of that, Jacob McAdams. She got it right this time. <laughs> Bingo. From San Jacinto County News Times, and over in Trinity County, we have Jason Klopik. How's it going, Jason? Zera gut. How about you? <laughs> English, please. Was oh, that German? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He does. He's part bohunk, you know. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Not of the oily variety, then. Oh, no. Never. <laughs> That's why he shaves his head. Keeps all the oil out. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, so Too what's happening fun. in your neck of the woods over there, Jason? It looks like you've had a, you have a lot of news brewing. I do. Commissioner's Court last week approved some new body cameras for the Trinity County Sheriff's Department. Hooray! The funds for the cameras are going to be through the district attorney's office funds that they seized. Mm-hmm. So they'll use those funds to fund the um, body cameras. And speaking of the sheriff's department, former deputy Henry Giles, who is disabled from an accident in October 2008 mm-hmm. when he was on his way to answer a call, is getting honored this coming Tuesday at the courthouse after Great. Christmas court. Great. And Kids Safe made a visit to Groveton to talk about kids safety and cars. And Centerville brought back its baseball program for the first time in a decade. Wow. So Kids Safe, is that like fingerprinting in case your kid gets abducted or don't leave them in the car? Don't leave them in the car. Make sure they've got the car seats, the car seats right. in there correctly. Basically, um, child vehicle safety. Well, that's great. And did they have one of those certified people kind of letting you know if your kid still fits in the seat? Or Yes. And Kids Safe is based out of the Baylor Scott and White Hospital in Waco. Oh, okay. But the Groveton area and the Lufkin area in general is one of the areas that Kids Safe at Scott and White covers. Great. So how are things on your side of the lake? Jacob. Well, we uh, we did have a commissioner's court meeting as well. And actually, it was a meeting. And later on, we also had a uh, public hearing. Mm-hmm. And this was in regards to a road use agreement county is proposing. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain it in layman's terms because, I mean, it is slightly complex, but it's really not that bad. Basically, they're wanting to make sure that truck drivers going down the roads for companies give them some warning in advance so they can record, you know, take recordings of the road before and after okay. to see if there's any damage done to them. And they did have some loggers there that were a bit concerned about it, mm-hmm. but the court made it clear that it's really the loggers aren't really causing the problem. They had indicated it was pipeliners. Pipeliners are the big um, issue. I know when both Jason and I were working out in the Eagle for Shell area, their roads were just beat to smithereens, mm-hmm. and it really makes it tough on folks to get in and out of their homes when you've got all right. of the, the Halliburton man and everybody else running up and down the road. Oh, Good yeah. old State Highway 97. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, I mean, because one of the concerns that was brought up was, we get it, you got to work for a living and sometimes you know when you're driving around these big trucks you might damage the road or break something unintentionally it's going to happen but like the way that they're putting it I do agree with it is you know we can't keep paying for these damages especially when we're looking out for dozens of miles of roads that are explicitly under the county's care Mm -hmm. and eventually gets to a point where they can't pay for it you know when there's just so much damage going on to it and whatnot and especially when it's being caused by other entities so they talked about it and a lot of the loggers seem to actually be understanding of it Mm -hmm. and whatnot so it's seems like there's going to be some good there. I also got to talk to one of our representatives from the Cold Spring chapter of Quilts for Kids. 
And they just reached 1,000 quilts. Oh, wow. Uh, That's impressive. Yes. Their chapter has been active since 2015. And as you can imagine, I mean, if you're, if you're not familiar with Quilts for Kids, they give quilts to kids that are in distress, you know, or sick, you know, in the hospital. And of course, when we've had disasters like Hurricane Harvey, you can, as you can imagine, those are where they've been to right. work. And they also have been uh, one of their more recent endeavors where they've made a lot of quilts. They actually delivered about 62, I do believe, to the Franklin and or Alto areas which have been hit by mm-hmm. tornadoes. So this isn't just for kids that are in Cold Spring in the local areas. This is for all over, where, wherever there's a need. And they do, this is all volunteer work. They meet in a place called the Red Barn Retreat, which is right outside of Cold Spring, like they're going towards Evergreen. Mm-hmm. It's on 150. And uh, they just, they work away at it. I've done a few stories for them here and there. They recently had the, I think it's either the founder or one of the top members of the, of the organization, I should say, that was part of the, like the national <laughs> branch, however you want to put it. The national variant of it came out there and did workshops with them. So, I mean, they've been pretty active in the community. So we had a lot of that going on. It was, it was nice. And I wanted to follow up with them on that because I think it's a big milestone for them to do a thousand quilts. That, that's a lot of quilts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a great resource for kids. I know along the coast, they've been talking about kids that, especially as hurricane season gets cranked up again, that a lot of kids are still kind of spooked when we get heavy rainfall mm-hmm. that they want to go home and, and put all their stuff up on top of their bed right? so that they can not lose it again. So no, I understand. And that's why my dad, the way the story was told to me was that when my parents got married, it was they were figuring out where they're going to move to San Jacinto County or mm-hmm. they're going to move to Tarkington. Mm-hmm. And my dad was very adamant about coming to San Jacinto County because there were hills and he could build somewhere there to avoid the rain. And it's funny we actually bring it up too because we just had Memorial Day mm-hmm. and during uh, San Jacinto County's Memorial Day celebration, they actually, uh, Dale Everett mentioned that county judge that was the father of the veteran they were honoring mm-hmm. was a big part in having the courthouse in Cold Spring move to where it currently is today because, of course, there was the fire that burned it down. Mm-hmm. It used to be out where old the old jail is. Right. And so that spot, and it's not that bad of a spot, but you could tell there, there's going to be a good chance of rain and flooding over there. So they decided to move it up more uphill. Right. That's actually a big thing about it. And it was kind of funny because he had mentioned that happened after a hurricane hit Galveston and San Francisco County got 19 inches of rainwater wow. from it. Was so. that the 1900 storm? Do you know? Not, not the 1900 one. It, it yeah. was more, I, I want to say either, I think it was 1915. Okay. Because it wasn't long after the, the original courthouse burned down. Okay. So it wasn't the unfortunate tragic storm of 1900 that right. Galveston is known for. But of course, Galveston, that storm, of course, taught Galveston a major lesson in being prepared for that sort of thing. But of course, because of its location, it's always going to be hit by storms. Right. So, uh, but no, it was just another hurricane that. Well, and the more we pave everything over, the it changes mm-hmm. how water moves. And so that we had to learn it again with Ike. Very I'll leave true. it at this. If you go down to Galveston, there is actually a spot where they do take markings of yes. how high the water goes. Yeah. And it's over in close to where the cruise ships dock. I remember now. It's right by Harbor House, which is right. where we almost always stay every time we go to Galveston. Yeah. So, so they mark the relative water depths of mm-hmm. all of the various storms. So how about over in Woodville in Tyler County? Tyler County. Well, the big story this week over in Tyler County is in Woodville, and it's something that I think a lot of people over in that direction probably thought they would never happen. And Chief Scott Yosko, the Woodville Police Department, is actually retiring, and his successor has been named this week. Mike McCulley, who himself has been with the department for about, well, he's been in law enforcement 
enforcement in Tyler County about 30 years in mm-hmm. all total, and with the police department itself for around 20 some odd years, I want to say. And he was sworn in Monday night at the city council meeting uh, to be chief, and he's ready and, and willing to embrace this opportunity and said that he's enjoyed working under Chief Yasko and, and hopes to continue the innovations that the department has enjoyed under Chief Yasko and will continue to lead it into the 21st century. Now, Chief Scott Yasko, a little backstory on him. He has been with Woodville PD as chief for 40 years. Wow. He carries it well. (laughs) He does carry it well. And for anybody out there listening who knows Scott Yasko or anybody listening who doesn't know him, you should. He's a really good guy and a great friend to a lot of people and just a consummate public servant. So I'm pretty sure that even though he's hanging up his gun and badge and and cuffs and whatnot, I'm pretty sure that he'll be back to volunteer. You'll see him around, Woodville folks. You will see him around. He will still be trying to meet his daily hug quota. He's he's (laughs) more known for hugging than for cuffing and stuffing. Absolutely. He's a good guy. Also kind of about uh, something in the news this week or or coming up that involves Woodville Police Department. They're doing their annual Teen Police Academy next week. This will be the 12th year that they're doing it. And this is done under Officer Bubba Sheffield, who is also retiring from his role and being the resource officer with Woodville ISD. And his replacement was named Monday night as well, uh, Officer Stephen Hope. But back to the Teen Police Academy, that's going to be next week. Starts on the 17th and goes through the 20th. And it's free to teenagers who would like to attend. And they get to learn about a variety of police procedures as well as uh, general law enforcement and court procedures and things. And they're going to have a variety of guest speakers, uh, everybody from an FBI agent to our district attorney, Lucas Babin, to the municipal judge there in Woodville, Judith Haney. A good variety of speakers and educational uh, opportunities for them. And also they get some credit hours that apply toward, I think, collegiate coursework, I believe. And anybody who's interested in signing up for this, or if you have a teenager who might be interested in it, give Officer Bubba Sheffield a call, 409-283-5262. It's four days of learning opportunities and look great on a resume. You can be a junior G-man. A junior (laughs) G-man, yes. All right. Anything else happening out east? Well, yes. Another, a big one that is official now. Uh, Lake Amanda has returned. Their dam has been rebuilt. And last Saturday morning, there was a ribbon cutting ceremony to signify that the dam was rebuilt and the lake was full once again. So that's something that a lot of people over east never thought they would see happen. But luckily, with the Lake Amanda Property Owners Association, and they, they formed their own water district, the, mm-hmm. the law said a couple of years ago to help try to get this project off the ground. There's a good variety of people, property owners out there who have a good variety of skills that they could all delegate and bring a little bit of everything to the table. You had somebody heading it up who was involved with finance, and then you had people who were involved with construction. And so a lot of skills to bring to the table and get it done. And it's a beautiful sight again, because those who don't know, the, the Lake Amanda Dam was destroyed in 2016 in the massive floods we had that May. And it didn't look like it was ever going to be rebuilt, but they got it done. So I think right under a million dollars to wow. rebuild the dam. And the uh, the firm, it was all done with local labor too. They used a firm out of Chester, uh, HC Oilfield Services, who's uh, head of that firm, had a lot of experiences building dams. And they were able to acquire an engineer who that was his special and it looks great and good opportunity for people to go out and enjoy some summer sun and fun out on Lake Amanda. So how deep is Lake Amanda? Now? How deep is it now? How long have they been impounded in water, I guess, is, to, is the question. Is it knee deep or can you water <laughs> ski? Or <laughs> Well, 
you used to be able to water ski out there, and it, I assume it is up to that level. It's, I only saw part of it the other day out there where the boat launch site is, but um, it's it looks it's full coming again. along. Huh? Oh yeah, I mean it, if you saw okay. where it was just a year ago, I mean it was looked like a barren wasteland. And, yeah, you know, I know and a I, lot of people had bought lakefront property and they you know couldn't even see the lake. <laughs> oh, exactly. I had done some research on some similar situations to this where some lakeside communities had lost their dams under similar circumstances, and there was like 23 different dams that had collapsed and the communities did not get them back. And yeah. so the Lake Amanda property owners and the community of Colmanil was very fortunate in the regard that they were able to do this. Well, that's great. Well, over here in Polk County, we have been celebrating right and left. Lacey Booth finally got a minute off of her duties. She still has a few duties with American, American Idol. American Idol. I just totally went blank. <laughs> But the City Parks and Rec Department did a great job. They referred to her as a diamond in the rough. And so the Parks Department made her a diamond out of plexiglass. And they made a float on a trailer. And she kind of had a chance to ride through Livingston and say hi to all the hometown folks. And then she went out to the Commerce Center and performed a a set or two and then stayed around and signed everybody's shirts, bags, whatever they wanted and had a chance to get L.A. out of her system that she could be (laughs) back to being an East Texas girl. All right. And we also had a couple of big stories, well, fairly big stories on the healthcare front. Livingston Intermediate got honored for a program they've been doing for their fourth and fifth graders. They were calling it Fuel Up to Play. And uh, 60 of those kids got to go to the NRG Stadium in Houston, and they came home with a top prize of $3,500 for a physical education program and making healthy choices and all the things to help combat childhood obesity. So they got to tour NRG and eat in the cafeteria where the Houston Texans eat. Oh, that's and awesome. Nice. They got an autograph certificate from Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach. So it was a it was a great day and kind of reinforced with those kids the importance of taking those lessons home with them and even helping their family make smarter choices. And then I also had a story of a cardiologist I talked with that was talking about how coffee is such a popular consumable nowadays. Everybody's kind of forgetting that you do need to monitor your caffeine or it will break your heart. Mm-hmm. And he's had a couple of, I think he said three or four patients in the last 10 years, like young in their 20s and 30s, that have just shown up dead to the ER. Because if they have no high cholesterol, no obesity, no danger signs, no family history of cardiac disease, and then on that third Red Bull mm-hmm. or one of the high energy drinks, especially those little shot things. Oh, yeah, the five-hour energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Man, they, uh, they're they sold toxic. under a lot of brand names, so I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but... <laughs> that those will particularly, you know, you talk about throwing your electric system into haywire. And that just reminds you, you got to try to stay under 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. And if you haven't been reading the labels on your coffee, that's eight ounces of coffee has but like between 80 and 100 milligrams. So you can have four cups of coffee or 10 of the popular caffeine-bearing sodas like Coke or my favorite, Dr. Pepper. You could have 10 of those a day. So, hey, that that's only a... Lovely 1,500 calories, by the way. Sugar will get you there. Yeah. That's what I, I get away from. I will definitely say, you know, you do not want to play with your heart for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yes. Yeah. He's living yeah. proof of this yeah, you, uh, PSA here. We have a miniature heart institute at my house, too, because oh, yeah. we're like 13 years post-heart transplant. That Once you've had the bypass and had the onboard defibrillator installed and worn out your batteries a couple mm-hmm. of times, then you get to look at having a whole new heart, which yeah. 
uh, takes day-to-day living to a whole new level of complexity. And on the note of caffeine, they're now making coffee gummy bears. I saw that somewhere online, but apparently (laughs) they have an insane amount of caffeine. Really? Yes. I never could. Back in the day when I was a whippersnapper in my 20s, if I tried to pull an all-nighter and stay up all night, that just meant as soon as I sat down in the cool, quiet classroom, I would fall right asleep in the middle of the test. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Bet, so. so you can always be like me. I'm tired all the time. Yeah. I could sleep for 24 hours straight and I'm going to wake up tired. So, so I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you, I mean, I've got some things that kind of make me, I have rheumatoid arthritis and since 19. 1999, so that kind of makes me more tired than the average grandmother. But I've been swimming laps trying to raise that energy level. Uh, Swimming's a great exercise. Absolutely. Feels so good, especially this time of year. Yeah. I usually go walking around our property, which my uh, based on our measurements, my current record is 3.6 miles. Wow, that's Uh, great. Yeah, I mean, and there are a few inclines too. Yeah. And there's also the occasional snake, which means I go inside, I grab, yes, I have a katana, a (laughs) Japanese sword, and I go out there and I hack the thing to bits. Snake samurai. <laughs> boy. I'd be confused with samurai cop. Well, I... Uh, samurai snake I cop. just carry the, the pellet gun when I go on a walk, but... I don't have to waste ammo with it, though. Well, <laughs> you know, for $3 for, a, what is it, a thousand pellets or something, something I think, like I, that. you know, I can pelt, you know, all of the litter that blows into the into the yard and <laughs> anything with legs or without legs that you need to send home to, send home to Jesus. <laughs> so, Megan couldn't join us today, but we probably need to give a little wrap-up of Houston County. It looks like they have sworn in new directors for the Houston County Hospital District. Mm. And then almost immediately before being sworn in, one of them got in a little trouble by wandering into secure areas of the hospital. So that kind of created a controversy. You can read about that. on. That's actually been a while back. That says May the 30th. I grabbed the wrong <laughs> newspaper. So everybody else already knows about that. But check out the Houston County Courier today on your newsstand and catch up with Megan and everything they have going on over there. Megan doesn't bite either. She's as friendly as can be. That's That's right. I'll vouch for (laughs) So anything else that we haven't covered? Um, I'll throw this out there just for a little bit of fun. Did write about this, our upcoming edition, but Mm -hmm. we do have a guy, of course, in Sanderson County is where we have Camp Straight coming up Mm -hmm. and that's going to come up next year. So I mean, we're still just kind of watching it, but one of our local residents is Bill Hyde. He's an animal rescuer and he's actually currently training a, it's a wolf dog, but it's 97% wolf. Okay. And he says uh, right now he's been training it for about a year, but it was an interesting story, especially because I didn't actually realize until I talked to him that wolves are actually very rare in the United States. They're only mostly primarily seen up north Hmm. where they used to be all over the United States. Yeah. But now they're in the northern states where they're in Canada. And But he's training it. He's going to be able to show it to the Boy Scouts and, you know, just get to educate them about wolves, let them see it up close. And the other 3% is husky. And, of course, huskies, they do bear a lot of similar right. appearance to wolves. So, I mean, it looks primarily a wolf, and it is 97% wolf. So, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. And legally, it's considered a dog, which mm. is kind of interesting. But he calls him Comanche, and hopefully when he hasn't trained up, we'll get to see him maybe around Camp Strake. I'd love to be able to do a story on that as well. All right. Well, somebody needs to get who's an expert on wolves and coyotes and all of that and tell us what's the what's the difference between a coyote and a wolf because I know right. we have plenty of those around. Mm-hmm. I think coyotes are typically smaller, I think. Okay. Uh, but I could be Smaller wrong. and louder, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't help that Looney Tunes has two characters that <laughs> look exactly alike but one's a wolf and the other one's Wiley Coyote. Well, Wiley Coyote know. and what's 
Yeah. We just need to put our foot down and insist on more authenticity in our in our cartoons. Where's that willing suspension of disbelief? Yeah. Come on now. And I get that, but it's just it never it doesn't help. And then the other thing that I guess Jacob and Brian Bash are gonna talk about on the sports podcast is the back to back state championship, Big Sandy. Actually, I'm not gonna be talking to Brian at all. I um Jason is. Oh, it's okay. See, it's yeah. like Art. mandatory. I have to do that. No podcast is complete without getting us some. Uh, you know, I am just looking you dead in the eye and calling you the wrong name. So now you feel like now you know how my kids feel. One yeah. of these days, the fate of the world is going to rely on her getting our names right, and no. we're, we're going to be crossing our fingers. And oh man, anything else we can cross? No, yes. Right. I have you know I have nine grandkids, and it's just even though I look at them and call them the wrong name, it's kind of like and, and I told the the five and six year old especially. They were swimming at the house, and it's like when y'all are wet, I can't tell the difference. So, <laughs> of course um, not. They, you just have to play along. But anyway, Jacob Hooker is going to move on up to Cowtown, and so I guess they're hunting for a new coach out in Dallardsville. Yes, they are. Um, that's what Brian was telling me briefly. Uh, Everybody could just click the next button for the East Texan Athletic and get all the de- details on that. Absolutely. And speaking of hospital boards, like we were talking about mm-hmm. in Crockett earlier, the Trinity Memorial Hospital Board, which covers the western part of the county, mm-hmm. they're having their meetings and they're proposing raising the tax rate for property owners in the hospital district to mm-hmm. try to bring back the emergency department, which folded two years ago. Yeah. Well, that'll be a great thing because, yes. you know, when you got a fish hook in the ear or need stitches oh, yeah. and all that, it's much nicer to be able to get that fixed close to home and not have to motor on down the highway to Huntsville or Crockett. Well, Absolutely. I guess not to Crockett because I guess they are... Oh, I thought they brought their emergency They room brought back. their emergency department yeah. back. But one of the pilots that flies the helicopter in Crockett actually lives in Chris's backyard. And he was talking about they kind of almost found themselves being a little first aid station. You know, usually they aren't a first responder. You know, they have a ground EMS crew that kind of stabilizes a patient and then they get rolled. But they said people have rolled up on them choking and having chest pain and all kinds of stuff just at the base. And they're like, you know, how do they know we're even going to be there? Because if they get a call, they're up and gone. Yep. So call 911. That always works best. That's right. Yes. And um, emergency rooms are vital. They are. Even if it means vital. raising the tax rate from 13 cents per hundred to 40 cents per hundred because... Well, they're it, not looking at that at a huge jump, are they? No, no. And now there's some people who think that like they don't want... The emergency roof, it means that their tax rate's going to go up. Well, that one day, you're, we're all going to need it at some point. Exactly. <laughs> and to say that you don't want an emergency room if it means you have to raise your taxes is like saying you don't want to use electricity if your electric bill is going to triple. Right. Yeah. So you always have that one day that, you know, you've got six minutes to get your heart going again or else it's all over but the crying. Yeah. And it would help to have an emergency room five minutes away instead of 45 minutes away. Yep. That makes a difference. And CPR is a big calorie burn because it's quite strenuous to keep going for 45 minutes or an hour. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, on that happy note, I guess that's all the news around the bin. Visit with us online. You can find a link to each of the papers at EastTexasNews.com. And we'll be online with breaking news and crime behind the pine curtain in all of our own individual podcasts. So we will see you next time. See you guys later. Bye. Later. <laughs>